On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where I hope that you have never have enough of the Bare Naked Ladies because we discuss every song from 7 to Y. We talk ad nauseum about how much we love these guys, how we love Stephen Page's voice, how Jimmy's bass is possibly the best bass, especially of a double bass of any band out there. How Tyler can play the drums like no other, doing it a <laughs> different way with each and every single... Tracy, Tracy, that's enough. Yeah, that's I think enough. that's enough. Never is enough. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. No, you're stepping in. See what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was listening and I'm like, so those are the band members. Oh, cool. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong, we know you listen. Come on the show. <laughs> so joining me tonight are people I can never get enough of, Aaron, Jeff, Heidi, and Stefan. Hello. 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 We got... hey. How's everyone Look, doing? It's Norman <laughs> saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Hello. And as I mentioned before, we are discussing the song Never Is Enough. If you've never heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. I could go to Europe, travel with my friends I could blow a thousand Deutschmarks To get drunk in a pub with some Australians Buy a giant backpack So a flag on the back Think never is enough, yeah, never is enough I never wanna do that stuff I think never is enough, yeah, never is enough now, of course, this song was written by Paige Robertson, but the music was specifically by Ed Robertson only. But Aaron, what album is it off from? Every time you say it was written by Paige and then you say Robertson, I keep expecting <laughs> you to say plant. But um, um, so, I OK, I know this has to be from an album released in the 90s. Because Germany switched from the Deutschmark to the Euro in the early 2000s. Uh, it sounds sort of stunty as far as the production quality is concerned. Um, the, the feel of it, the uh, mastering kind of sounded like alcohol. That's my basis for a comparison. I don't think it's off Maroon. Snack it's time. not from Gordon. <laughs> from I know that. Definitely. I don't think it's from Maybe You Should Drive. So I'm going to go with Stunt. You got oh. it. Oh, oh, nice. oh, okay, right. <laughs> Good. I no, thought Jeff was saying no, I, I whiffed it. No. <laughs> no. And I, I, yeah. I could see you that saying like that with the song. alcohol similarities. I think I can see mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a very different song, but like I, I can hear in the kind of tonality of the instruments and like the picture that it gives you from the audio standpoint, it sounds kind of like the same kind of production. This is one of their top songs that they like to do in concert number 34 out of like it was happened halfway through their career. i could see that this is number 34 on the number of songs that they've played they played 140 times in concert holy smoke and wow. numerous times since steve has left i didn't know they had that many concerts <laughs> or did they play it just a lot of times in like five concerts <laughs> they had a single concert it was like einstein on the beach they just played it for six hours. Never is enough. <laughs> yeah. It was an April <laughs> Fool's Day concert. Uh, it's better than replaying uh, okay. What's New Pussycat over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Aaron and, and Heidi, do you want to give us a breakdown on this song? Breakdown. Okay. So, Aaron, would um, I know that it is... It is. It was a tough one because it is capoed four, which means it looks like it's in D major, mm. but it's not. It's an F sharp major. F sharp, F -sharp major, major, which sure. has yep. six sharps in it, which is 
insane. Um, the sharp cheddar major. Yeah, as a as a pianist, I hate those those kind of multiple sharp. I yeah. hate it too. Oh. Um, I mean, like the enharmonic to that would be G flat major, but it's it's F sharp major, <laughs> and the only yeah. higher one than that is C sharp, which, which means is everything, everything is C sharp. sharp. <laughs> yes. Um. So yay theory. Um. So, but it is it. So it is an F sharp major, but Ed capos it in four, so he can play D chords. So it's mm. like D chord. Yeah. Um, B minor chord. So it's a lot easier on the fingers to play it in D capoed four. That means the fourth fret of your, your, your capoed on the fourth fret of your guitar. Mm -hmm. So Aaron, do you want to take over the progression from that? Sure. Yeah. And can I say, Heidi, it's really nice to have your thoughts on this because I, I do play a little bit of guitar and bass, but I'm not very good. And I don't think in guitar and bass, I think in, in piano. So to hear you coming at it from a, more of a, a string perspective is really interesting to me. Um, this was recorded at exactly 89 beats per minute. So they must have mm -hmm. been using a click track metronome in the studio. Um, so the chords now, um, I'm going at this from a very simplistic standpoint. You could argue that there are passing chords and, uh, other things i'm just going to go for the meat and potatoes here uh so if you want to embellish go right ahead but from from my analysis i can see that the intro and the verse which i'll call the a section very simple it's f sharp to b which is one to four back and forth up and down up and down uh what i'm going to call the pre-chorus uh which is sort of like transitioning into the chorus is d sharp minor which is your six to c sharp the five and then g sharp which is your two um so you get a nice little six five two and then into the chorus, you have your back to F sharp and mm -hmm. then C sharp, which is your five and then B, your four. So it's a classic mm -hmm. one, five, four. And that's pretty much as far as the chords are concerned, all we've got. There are some, you know, arguably some passing chords and things like that, but that's more or less uh, where the song lives. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, I, I think you've got it. It's a pretty classic progression, but it again, the... <laughs> the capo use, um, if you're mm. playing on this on piano, it would be a lot more brutal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, Kevin, thinking it. Kevin is going to be like, God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, and it's funny you mentioned the keyboards because I really like the keyboard work on this song. Um, it's got that Dylan-y sort of like uh, classic mm -hmm. rock. And actually, even more than Bob mm. Dylan, it reminds me of the Wallflowers, Jacob mm. Dylan's band. Oh, I love They've got a lot of yeah. really nice organ yeah. work, and it yeah. really reminds me of this, actually, or vice versa. Um, so as far as the form is concerned, you have your intro, which is your A section, verse 1A, pre-chorus B, verse 2A. I really like the little pause in the music here, <laughs> and Tyler accenting Deutschmarks on the drums. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just kind of pausing and hitting that. It makes it pop a little bit. Uh, then you have your pre-chorus B, chorus C, verse 3A, pre-chorus B, chorus C. The bridge section, <laughs> if you want to call it that, the world's your oyster shell. <laughs> um, and we have this really cool little record scratching and keyboard yeah. solo. Now, I wanted That's to talk about this uh, because what, what, I, what I find most perhaps interesting uh, most about this, when you think about it, this is kind of like bizarro rage against the machine. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Stay with me. Rage Against the Machine makes very loud, very heavy music in which they rage against systemic oppression and use a guitar to make record scratch sounds. In this song, Bare Naked Ladies make a kind of soft rock music to complain about the mundanities of working or middle class life and then use record scratching where there might normally be a guitar solo. <laughs> Just a thought I had. Not sure if that was intentional or not, but the timing would be about right because Rage were pretty much like the most popular band in the world around that time, I think. Um, so, yeah, you have A, A, B, A. Uh, sorry, then it ends with the chorus. So A, A, B, A, B, C, A, B, C, D, C. Um, but yeah, it's very, very, it's, it's, you know, more or less kind of a standard pop rock song, a little bit of that country influence from Ed. Um, so did you say Tracy that, that the music was solely by Ed and then the lyrics were, were Ed and Steve? I also really like in the, in the bridge section that he just goes from the four to the five. It's kind of like um, you're waiting and, for the resolution. And a note that on the liner notes, I love that it's got um, Colin Alexander of Soka Vibes doing scratching. And oh, yeah, yeah. Steven is Fat Drums Guy. <laughs> P-H-A-T. Fat Drums Fat Guy. Drums guy. Um, I, I also that that appreciate is... that it mentions Ed is Employee of the Month 1985. So. <laughs> Which he was, according to, according to the... Uh, 
Paul Myers book, they also references that, yeah, he was the Wendy's employee of the month. That's what he did work at Wendy's. Wendy's. I was wondering how much of this was autobiographical (laughs) and how much of it was. That's that's Um, interesting. I I do want to point out that the the Stephen Page fat drums guy, I almost want to say that what he's saying there, what it is, is Stephen is doing some some of his beating, some of his his mouth beats, um, and that's what that's yeah. what Colin Alexander is scratching because it sounds almost like I can hear Stephen saying something with those scratches. So I get the feeling that that's what's going on. <laughs> And I did reach out to Colin Alexander. Mm-hmm. I cannot find him. He is yeah. impossible to find. I even reached out to Susan Rogers and said, how do I get a hold of Colin Alexander? Oh, wow. She's like, I don't have access to him anymore um, in order to get more information on this. And I just, I couldn't gather more information, unfortunately. Uh. Well, shame. Shame, shame, Oh, yeah, because this was uh, Susan's album. This was Stunt. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, great work. Ooh, geez, so- I love the I love the mixing and mastering on these songs. Sorry guys. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the whole OG song thing. <laughs> Janine, sorry about the bug eyes. I'll be in my office. No, well, there was a possum in the road. <laughs> no. I almost hit it. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh. Was there a change to a minor key at the end of the um, at the end of the verses, like where it goes to eating in the food court. No, but it felt like it changed uh, because like the tone. Well, well yeah, it goes, well, well, not a key change, but they are no, in minor chords. They're there, going there, to the minor mm, six yeah. there, and so yeah, so That's it does why. shift you into a minor feel, but yeah. it, it's in the same key. It's just the minor. And six I like that. I like yeah. how how it has that completely different feel from the rest of the song at that point. That shift was quite major. Yeah, it's a good transition. <laughs> See what you did there. And uh, I, the other thing is, I I noticed this because I had it um, on my uh, editing board the other day. And so when they, they, they kept almost all the same instruments equally on both the left and right side, except the acoustic guitar, which Steve... Uh, Ed played both the acoustic and electric on this song. The acoustic guitar is on the left-hand side slightly louder than the side, and the electric guitar is slightly louder than on the other side, Mm. and it's not totally balanced like one side and the other. It is just, it's, I would say it's like 70-30 for the two different sides. Yeah, that, that's always an important part of mixing is finding a, a space within the stereo space for everything and making sure that mm-hmm. because otherwise, especially when you've got like two guitars, for instance, they occupy the same range usually of uh, of the audio spectrum, so they can really easily clash with each other and um, create kind of a muddy sound. So you usually try and put one more or less on one side. You don't want to go a hundred percent because then you end up with like the early stereo masters of the beatles songs where you've got ringo's entire drum set banging in your right ear and you, yeah john right. lennon screaming in your left ear no 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 i don't want to hear that no more you've got to balance out these songs <laughs> <laughs> i was just wondering what was happening and i've never noticed it before until about the hundredth time of listening to it this week but Jim has a nice little lick that is running in the background supporting yeah, Tyler. The, the drum and bass the groove entirety lock is really of good. This in song. Mm. I like it. Rhythm section props. I think musically it just sounds quite good. Uh, it's just, for me, it's quite appealing. I like it. I love, I like the sound of it. Yeah, it's a nice. It's got a nice kind of smooth um, flow to it, and it, but it's not so overwhelming that it's like, oh, man, this is crazy. But they do add in some of that uh, bare naked ladies flair with the scratching and the um, do some other weird mm. stuff in there too, uh, like in the middle of the song. But that's fun. They, they didn't go overboard with it either, which is kind of kind, kind of good. Yeah. You know, I like that. 
Yeah, I'm going to use two words here, which might be dirty words in another context. Easy listening. When you hear the terms easy listening, you usually <laughs> think like Muzak or something like that. But this is literally easy listening. It's very easy to listen to the song. It's kind of like... Yeah, I don't always think... Yeah, I think adult contemporary yeah, when I yeah, think easy yeah. listening. So I don't I always don't, think well, that. You know, but yeah, but yeah, like... Yeah. Like the, yeah, I those get it. I get it. Yeah. Pre- before, now that's what I call music. They had those uh, Engelbert Humperdinck <laughs> col- compilation tapes they would sell. Se- yeah. Sessions presents. So like, yeah. well, I, I don't mean that when I say easy listening, but just <laughs> in the same way that like light beers will say high drinkability. <laughs> this is a high listenability. Very listenable, very easy to listen yeah, to. Yeah, and it doesn't get old, at least it didn't for me, you know, depending on how many yeah. times I listen to it. Like it, You can just play it and have it running in the background, or you can enjoy kind of singing along with it or you could enjoy it while driving to <laughs> driving in your car no i like the song <laughs> like there you go. Guys said, i like easy <laughs> listening and what's funny is when i was a kid um I, my nickname growing up was called Bigbert, and it was based off of engelbert humperdinck uh, i don't know how i got <laughs> nice. i don't know how i got that <laughs> nickname but it's stuck for some reason, so everybody would call me Igbert. I don't know. All I can think of is the prince from Princess Bride. Prince Humperdinck. Yes. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. <laughs> Inconceivable. Something that word. You have to have that little. I do not think it means what you think it means. What did you guys think of the bathroom sessions version? Uh, shitty. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, oh, bathroom! Wow, savage! savage. How, how do you I really? Even, how do you really feel? Yeah, I was just trying to relate something with the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, oh, I see what you did there. Ah, there we go. Sorry, everybody, for I using mean, the S word. I should have said crappy. Is fine, crappy, <laughs> so that Tracy yeah, can splice fun. this in. Crappy. <laughs> Fine, yeah, I think fine is a good is a good one for it. It's, it definitely would not be my choice of the two. Um, I think no. Ned's voice with just a <laughs> no. guitar is always kind of nice, and I think it's a really good litmus test to see how this, the song kind of stands on its yeah. own. And this song does hold up, but yeah. I do vastly prefer the studio version, mostly because of the keyboards and the vocal harmonies and everything you don't get. Yeah, me too. Well, the chorus. And... Like, and- I'm I'm hit or miss on that. Like there are times where I love yeah, a good the flag is a great version. one for yes. that. There, if the flag is a great one, yeah. And there are times where I love a studio mix. I love the harms. I love the mixing. I love the instrumentation. Um, yeah, this is definitely one where I prefer the full uh, studio sound to it. Well, one of the notes that I had for this song is that it, it really is kind of an anthem in the, in a lot of ways. I'm trying to find the exact one, but it, it's kind of this anthem for not doing anything <laughs> um, about like not overachieving but wanting to overachieve at the same time and one of the reasons I get that feel is that chorus where there's the, this yet this singing loudly and then this reverberation from the crowd and it's not the same on the bathroom sessions to not have that mm-hmm. yeah I I, I, miss the I like the, I like full bands usually. Yeah. Um, like I'm not an over overly big fan of uh, acoustic versions sometimes. Um, uh, what's his name uh, from Fleetwood Mac? Uh, Lindsay Lindsay Buckingham is that his name? Buckingham. He's Lindsay just, Buckingham. I mean, I could listen to him play the guitar all day long. I don't know what it is, but he's just amazing for me. But um, but yeah, as like as far as bathroom sessions, I, I prefer to listen to it as a full band as well. That was a point of my story. <laughs> no, I, I think we're in agreement, and you know, again, it certainly is. It's 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 more than fine as a song just with Ed and the guitar, but it's nice to hear the whole band, and it's nice to have all the little bells and whistles. Yeah. Yeah, um, depth. Yeah, that's a depth. yeah I, I don't know. It's, it's a good song. There's oh. a nice little. Sorry, go ahead. There's a cool version of it done at Farmaid, um, which is really cool because you get to see um, Jim playing the bass arc style um, at that part. Uh, 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 sorry, Arco star style at that point. Um, and it's really cool to have him to see him just sitting there and just kind of having his own little bass solo before the song starts. 
Did you say farm aid? Yeah, this or is another farm one. Aid? Farm aid. Farm, okay. Farm aid. I, for some reason, I heard farm aid. I'm like, this is not making any sense. <laughs> <laughs> they played it to a farm aid? <laughs> they played this for the barmaid when they were transported back to medieval times. When they played it, when they played this at the barmaid. See, now I just want to. I want to see BNL playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Everyone's a bard. Every single character is a bard. <laughs> the barmaid seemed like she was working like, really hard and nobody... she needed to hear this at the time. <laughs> I'm like, nobody talks that way anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funny. bard maid. Okay. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, why don't we talk about what this song's about? Let's talk about the lyrics a little bit. So I think it's important it's about to, never to doing put enough. this song into context. The very first line is questioning you know the value of college uh which i'm gonna say ahead of its time i'm gonna say ahead of yeah, its time. Uh, i think in the, in the 90s in the 90s mm -hmm. we were still very firmly entrenched in the you have to go to college to be successful mindset yep. um and then over the past couple of decades you know we've seen kind of a pull away from that as college gets more and more expensive and um degrees get more and more you need more specificity for it to be applicable. You know, we've got PhDs working at Wendy's now, you know, yeah. so I think that there's, there's some real timeliness to this song and it kind of uh, was very prescient. Well, and I think that, that, that you bring up a good point, which I think this song dates itself in some ways in that I think miss people that people misunderstand it listening to it today versus if you listen to it with a nineties and, and early two thousands type um cultural aspect in that the things that they're singing about in the song at that time those were the cliche right. trope mm -hmm. lifestyles right. everyone goes in backpacks Going around, around Europe and, right and, yeah. right and right exactly and they those were all the tropes of what you have to do if yeah. you were cultured at that time and he's like, I don't need to be cultured. I am who I am. And I, I like this anthem of being who you are and, and just accepting who you are. What? Well, in the darkness, going a step further is that even if you do all that stuff, it doesn't mean you're going to get right. anything. Like the, the bridge right. basically says the world is your oyster, but you could you could take the bite out of it and end up with salmonella. <laughs> you know, they're. <laughs> you know, you could go to college, and if I work real hard, I'll be mowing your backyard or end up as a one. I, I think they're saying that, too. Like, you could put everything mm -hmm. in all this and then look back and say, why did I do all that? Like, what was the point? Yeah, yeah. no, very much. I think that's probably, if I had to guess, it would be Stephen Page's contribution to yeah. the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the existential dread. I mean, I've, I've heard a little bit right. of it coming from Ed, but it seems to be like 90-10. Uh, Stephen Ed right. split on the existential dread front. <laughs> I, I think sometimes, or Steve is known for those like dark yeah. kind of um, uh, uh, puns and rhyme schemes that you hear. You hear a little more of that. I mean, I definitely hear a lot of Ed in the well, Another thing, sorry, go ahead. Um, I you're done. No, no, no that's I, fine. I was go just going to say, another thing I noticed that might have been very prescient ahead of its time was the lyric, buy a giant backpack, sew a flag on the back. Um, I've heard about Canadians and some clever Americans displaying Canadian flags when they travel, as they suspect they will be better received and treated by locals. Um, mm. yeah, I heard right. about this mostly during the Bush years, but this would have been during the Clinton years when it was released. So I don't know if this was, maybe the, the practice predates that, but that's when I heard yeah. about it. It, it does. Was, well, it, uh, what they're referring to, at least, because this is like when, when Steph and I were going to college, is that like that was the thing to do, was like you would travel Europe and as you went around to all these different countries, you'd collect this. Oh, so you collect the, the flags. The closest mm -hmm. I've been so is drinking off. around the world at Epcot with the passport. I mean, backpacking <laughs> is more definitely a <laughs> European thing in which uh, England, being a, a member of the Commonwealth, uh, was a, a major part in uh, that tradition of backpacking around Europe. Right. Eng and you would stitch your, your country's flag on the back so that it was kind of a talking point and an identifier. In Canada, being a part of the Commonwealth, um, it has a lot of the similar viewpoints as Britain. Um, so a lot of Canadians would partake in the, the traveling around either United States or even Europe um, as kind of a co coming of age trip before college. 
Did anyone hear backpack around Europe? Dead silence after that. Fantastic. I would love to have. I would love to have. Certainly. I still no, love to. Maybe. And maybe then someday. I saw the movie Hostel, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Exactly. I think that's, I was just that's ruined that. it for us now. I, mean, I think that that you know, hostel just kind of ruined all any of that for for people. <laughs> well, I think it's hilarious that you brought that up when Jeff left the room. I know, right? Jeff leaves the room. We go uh, to the we, horror. We're pulling out the horror references without <laughs> Jeff. Here. Oh, it's a shame. There's tons of hostels in Europe, um, and that's how you would do it. Uh, oh yeah. As far as hostels yeah. here in America, uh, far and few between, except in major cities. Um, Plenty of hostile people, but not a lot of hostels. Well, you just missed <laughs> the hostile reference. Oh, Jeff, you missed the hostile reference. Uh, Did I, I miss the hostile reference? We were backpacking around oh. Europe. We were talking about Europe. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's but, kind of ruined it for people. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to back yeah. stay in a hostel anymore. <laughs> no, um, not with hostel, yeah. So, now, do you guys think that, that Ed and Steven are crapping on mm. on? Overachievers. No, no. I think it. Go ahead, Eddie. I was going to say since I do have a PhD. Oh yeah, please. And I was like, so every time that line comes up, I'm like, yeah, that could like, you know, I was wondering if I was going to get a job with that. With that, um, I figured I would eventually. But, and I'm like many of us. We did the college yeah. track. It was the mid '90s, the mm-hmm. early '90s. That's what that's you did. What right? You did, and, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, but. And I teach college students now. And so, you know, they, some of them start off and they never finish and they, you know, drop out early because they're not ready or they were pushed into the, mm. the college mindset and they're not, they're not prepared for college. Like, like yeah, we, I feel like students thing, are yeah. less and less prepared oh, yeah. for college. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think even more timely, boy, this was forward thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like we already said, um, because then mm-hmm. students are dropping out and then what are they doing? They're left with like maybe a year of some classes, most of which they failed under their belt. And now they're, well, I guess I can mow your backyard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like, <laughs> and I did have a friend that backpacked through Europe her mm. junior year of college because that was again a thing to do. It wasn't my thing to do, um, but I also worked retail <laughs> in the summers, and you Me know, too. Uh, ate in the food court and watched the old people walking the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester, <laughs> and it was like they would walk. Uh, and I took pictures at Sears in the Nashua Mall, and that was brutal. Like that was <laughs> horrible. So oh, all of these things that you're like, yeah, did you really want to do that just to end up with nothing? Or like, I love that you get your PhD. How happy you will be when you get a job at Wendy's? And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think. And to me, that was my fear. Like, th- so this album came out when I was in my, when I was just leaving mm. my mm. undergrad and going into my graduate school. Um, and this really was a, a huge album for me during grad school. And even though I was in college, and this was act- pretty ironic listening to this and while I was in the middle of writing my thesis and stuff like that. Don't you think? I felt like this was my greatest fear. My greatest fear was that I was going to not succeed after I finished college, like that I would end up working at Wendy's after I put all that effort in. Like me. Um, and, and that's that, you know, I think that that was a real fear for a lot of people, but I don't, I, I don't think that Ed is trying to trash on people that that's the case. No, I think he's trying to actually tell them like, Hey, Right. All these things that people tell you, you don't you necessarily have to. Do, have to. Yeah. That's not you. You don't. It's have a nonconformity to. song. Go ahead. Right. I had two really good friends <sighs> when I was in college in my undergrad, and we were all Bachelor of Music Ed majors. Mm. And it was now they've been married now since then, um, the early 90s. And they, they got out with their music ed degree, student taught and everything, and then went both worked in computers and didn't <laughs> ever teach did nothing with that degree, yeah. mm-hmm. nothing. And I'm thinking about like many people that will go through those entire programs and then do nothing with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's related to that. I'm and it's one. like, well, why did you wait? Like you wasted. So I tell my students all the time now, I'm like, if they want to switch, I'm like, I'm not going to be offended if you don't want to do music yeah. anymore. If you want to do music therapy or if you want to go into business, like this is your 
like this is your life not my life i'll be sad because i like having you around mm-hmm. and i think right. or whatever but this is about your choice it's too early and i mean who really knows what they want to do at when they're who? 18 19 years old yeah i didn't i had no it's like that baz lerman plus, song like, in, in high school like... they don't have they don't have a career education class where it's like they break down all the careers that are out there i mean i went into college completely blind not knowing anything that i'm naturally good at not knowing what there is out there for jobs i didn't know anything i just blindly went Mm -hmm. in there and this song relates to me because i worked a little bit in my major Mm -hmm. but not a lot and um Mm. i worked retail I mean, I have an aquaculture degree, which is fish farming. So I ended up working at Petco yeah. as a, an aquatics guy. <laughs> you know, that's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. No. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, but I, I mean, get it. I understand. And that's, you know, it's both the retail and going into a different career altogether. It's kind of funny. We. You could take the song as inspirational, yeah. too, because the elephant in the room, yeah. the irony of it is, is that they know what they're talking about. They both dropped out of college. They dro- uh-huh. they went to college. They went to your college, and they said, let's stop it. Let's drop out, and we're going to start a band. <laughs> and became one of the biggest Well, some of the most successful people, you know, like Steve Jobs, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bill Gates, were all college dropouts. Not that I'm advocating yeah. dropping out. Please, no, I'm, I'm, please no, seek higher not, education. But, I think yeah, education is a wonderful thing. Um, but it just kind of reminds me of uh, that Baz Luhrmann's. But I think there's Baz well, I think there's that part of it, that aspect of it too, which is that you know some people say do this, do this, do this. I, I, you, I don't I'm, probably don't want to hear totally my opinion, but I wish I would have taken a different route myself. That like the song does mm. hit me that way too. I don't. I wish I hadn't gone at least the college route I had gone, let alone go to college. Um, because sometimes people do tell you that they always say this is the safe right. route. This is the well, safe route. And I've told my kids like don't always play there's it this, safe. There's this myth of the the track that everyone's supposed to be on. And so this is what I wanted to I've been wanting to say. This is actually really interesting. So uh, it reminds me of that song by Baz Luhrmann, Everyone's Free Wear Sunscreen is something like most people I know didn't know at twenty two what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting forty year olds I know still don't. <laughs> but it, it kinda like Stunt was mm-hmm. 97, 98, right? 98, Around there. Yeah. Um, so, interestingly yep. enough, 1999 was one of my favorite years for film. I bet you partied. Um, three movies come to mind immediately, which are Fight Club, uh, Office Space, and American Beauty. And they have a similar theme of this idea that this expected mm-hmm. life track that everyone's supposed to be on might mm-hmm. not be satisfying. So you should maybe examine what you really value and what's really important to you. Right. So... Yeah, it's like there's this myth. There's like it's kind of tied into the American dream, right? Like you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to get a job, you're supposed to get married, you're supposed to buy a house, you're supposed to have kids, but not everyone wants all or or any or even all of these things. So like, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about how you know, especially at that age, you're still trying to find yourself, and you've got an Mm -hmm. entire society saying this is what you're supposed to do. So it might be kind of refreshing for someone in. You know, kind of going through that to hear this song and think, yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe never is enough. And it's true because you know, (laughs) like I was that person that knew exactly what I wanted to be and and did that right. You know, but it was a series of check boxes. Aaron, you're correct. You're absolutely right. Like I went into college in '92 and got the degree. Check. Got married. Check. Had got my first job. Check you know, a real job in the field that I actually graduated for and then had my first baby check. Like it was just a series of checks, got my master's check, you know, like, so, and I think like, I'm like, wow, is that, and I don't think I was built for anything else. Like, I think that for, for some people I was married right away with the perfect career for me that I'm still in love with. 25 That's years awesome, later. by the way. I love um, when, when mm-hmm. I meet yeah. people and they just already know and they've had exactly the success they yeah. want. So and that's awesome. It, it, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot goes into that, but but not everybody is that series of checkboxes. And my husband is right. has changed right. careers a few times now, and he started off in one place. This is a very different place now. And it's, it's really interesting that I have stayed really much on this path, and he's kind of gone like this. Um, and it's it's incredible yeah. to see his growth as a professional, as a human, as 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 
um, an adult, I guess, and and mine, and I'm still kind of doing the same thing with a slight change now that I'm teaching college instead of high school kids now, and you know all of that. But it's still kind of I just check boxes, and he keeps he changes and grows, <laughs> and I'm like, am I not growing at yeah. all? Like, should I? Should I? It sounds like you're growing? growing, but you're growing in one very particular direction, yeah. and he might be growing in many directions. At it was once. like I had my everyone grows eye on differently, that prize, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Yes. and now I'm yeah. trying to you know fill right. in and exper- experience other things like yeah. now that i can now that i'm an adult and have money which i didn't right. have when i was right now college. now that we're adults we can have toys <laughs> and i i think it's okay to tell people too that you know um i think it's okay to tell people and i wish i had been told this and i know a lot of my friends and other people i know and people in like arts especially get told this you know you need to play it safe and i think it's okay to tell people no one ever wants to. It's that like hidden elephant in the room. It's okay to tell people you don't have to play yeah. it safe. You know, the career you mm-hmm. want, the thing you might want to do might not be this one path. It might not be go to college. It might not be get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be perfectly happy doing what bare naked ladies did and, and, uh, you know, and dropping out of college. And I, I don't, like I said, I'm not advocating it. But um, I know people that have lived perfectly happy, happy lives doing that. Unfortunately, doing exactly school that. systems <laughs> right now, and granted, I've been doing this oh, a yeah. long time. Oh, yeah. um, for a yeah, while, it know. was the punchline of high schools <laughs> to see how many of your graduates went on to mm. post-secondary ed. And, and it mm-hmm. was like a, a mark on the, the level of your, your the, the rating of your school was related to how many of your kids went to yep. college and how many. And I remember I was at a conference right. a few years ago and I was moderating a conversation around a, a table and there was a variety of teachers there. And one of which was a fairly young teacher at a very prominent charter school in the DC area. And he he made it very clear that their mission was that 100% of their students would go to college. And I said, well, I disagree with that because I know now teaching college and I've taught college for a while now, even as an adjunct before, some of our kids just shouldn't be, they shouldn't be there and they're wasting money and then they're dropping out and they're failing classes because they're not mentally or academically prepared for that. So we're remediating Mm -hmm. at a level like never before because the students feel like it's the box on their checklist they need to do. Whereas some of them don't have that support, et cetera. So it doesn't mesh up. Probably doesn't mesh up with right. what their interests lie in uh, as well. Right. So I mean, in what they're naturally right. good right. at. Exactly. We like need, for some we people, need blue collar people out there. Yeah. I mean, we we've well, got a, not only that, but yeah, we've right. got a major yeah. shortage of of people who will work with their hands. Um, and that's and, and like. How do you define define success? It's different for everyone. There's there's society's Mm -hmm. accepted checkbox level of success, but there's also like, you know, for me, for the longest time, I would have told you, and, you know, in a way, I'd I'd still say this, you know, now I'm on my way to becoming a homeowner. I've got financial obligations, but like, you know, uh, for the longest time, if you had asked me, you know, what do I want, what would I need to be happy? And I could say, you know, if I could just make a living, I don't need to be a rock star, but if I could just make a living being a musician, I'd be super happy. Right. Like, I don't need yeah. to be rich or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that would have been success for me, you know? So, yeah, it's a different definition for, for everyone, I think. Right. Well, and I think mm-hmm. we, we... Well, and that's the thing. is like, for me, like, for me, college was important. And, like, I like that this song came out when it did because it really made me sit there. And, and the great thing about the song is it made me question, like, is this the right path? And at that time, like, the answer was Yes. But the fact that it made me question that and it made me go, you know what, you need to make the path that's right mm-hmm. for you and choose the right path. For me, it was college. But for my brother, my brothers are are like they work in a bank. One of them works as, as a, an electrician and they're happy doing that. And then and they enjoy that type of work. Right. And great. Perfect. If that's what they enjoy doing and they didn't have to go to college to do that line of work they went to to a uh, community college to do that line of work nothing wrong with that right, absolutely right. actually make more money than i do um but they're happy with their work and i think that's what the song right. is saying is like you know what the, 
anyone telling you you have to take a certain path is wrong. Right. You have to take the path that makes you happy. Because everybody everybody is different. The path that you might want not might not follow this exact route, and you should you should follow the path that's going to work for well, you. And we're also kind of that, right. Well, I think oh. also we're over we over accept students into college now too we're over accepting oh. we're we're ra- because colleges are we were just talking today we're going through a huge transition in in the in vermont where we're um we're merging more institutions together um and including the community college which does not want to be called the university which is what they're now trying to to put that in that it's instead of the vermont technical college they're going to call it Vermont State University, and they're like, no, because we don't want students that want a technical, a technical um, education to think that it's a university. But they're so colleges are desperate now to get numbers back up because there are so many avenues for students to get um, credentials, degrees, go into programs that are technical or like, and and. So we're over accepting. We've been over accepting for a while. It used to be, you know, you had to you had to be prepared for a level of rigor. And now it's like, well, we'll just let as many in as as can. And we know that many of those are going to drop because they can't. They they're not able to to do it. So and then to turn kids off from a technical by renaming it a university is really going to be a problem because those kids are looking for a certain experience yeah. as well. And um, to go to another quick point is I, I firmly, firmly, I, I hate it whenever, like, I don't care if you're flipping burgers at Wendy's, if you love that, then do it and do it well, whatever you choose to do, mm-hmm. do it and love it. If you don't love it anymore, get out of it. I hate teachers that have been in the profession mm-hmm. too long. It's kind of my soapbox that if you don't like it anymore, then don't do We're it. Over-educated. You're doing a disservice to everybody. Right. And it's like going anywhere. Like in the service industry is very hard. But if you don't, if you hate the job, then don't do find something you that that fills you up or or makes you a happy person. Because mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the problem with so many angry people? <laughs> to quote another song. Right. Well, and, and and along that line, if you know that you're not happy and something's making you miserable and you're not enjoying it, then change it. Life is short. You have to do what makes you happy. I mean, imagine if the Bare Naked Ladies, imagine if Stephen Ed would have finished college, would there have been a Bare Naked Ladies? They said in freshman year, no, let's do the band. That was Thankfully. their choice. That was the path that worked for them. They have a band, yeah. and they've been hugely right. successful doing it. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, and I think that's okay uh, to tell they, people. Do they set huh? up the band? And do they set up the band for just the sake of setting it up, or did they have like a, an intention of having auditions and tryouts to pull a band together that would be uh, successful? No, it was a lot um, for mm-hmm. business. Yeah. business principle kind of. No, it was thing. it was complete lark. So to be honest like it it was just they took a a leap in the dark basically is what they did (laughs) like it it, ed had a band he asked he asked the he had it set up for them to have a show at a concert um and then like his band fell apart and he knew steve and he's like hey steve like literally like a couple days from now i have i have a concert that i'm supposed to be playing and i don't have a band do you want to come and do this with me and that's how it started. And then just they started gathering people like they gathered the, the Cregans at a concert. And they were like, oh, yeah, come up on stage. Literally, like they told them, come up on stage and, and play with us uh, because Ed had experience playing with them in the past. And then, you know, they Tyler forced his uh. way into the band. And then they, and then I think this is a really important part, too. Yeah, like Ed and Steve decided that this was the direction that their lives should go. But I also want to point out that Andy decided that, no, it wasn't right. the direction yeah. that his life should go. He should go to college. He mm-hmm. wanted to finish, and he wanted to go a different direction. And that, and I think that is just as important. If I can get philosophical here, um, I know that Ed is non-religious, and I can divine from Stephen Page's lyrical content that I think he might be an absurdist. Um so I wonder how much this is sort of like uh, espousing absurdism or existentialism or what I would call like a positive existentialism, being, being that like um, 
you can say, well, there's no, there's no such thing as fate or destiny or, or you know, a plan, a cosmic plan. But that's not necessarily such a bad thing. What that means is we're all the authors of our own story. You know, it gives you the freedom to define yourself. Right. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and sometimes yeah. it takes not knowing exactly what you're doing and taking a break for a while to figure out really what you want to do and who you are and what you want to be. And I think we push Mm -hmm. some people so fast into making those decisions that they never truly figured out. And that's why they have those breakdowns in their thirties or forties. And they end up like moving home and living in their parents' (laughs) basement. Um, And it's like, it's, it's, they, they feel like there's been so much time wasted. So I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes you really, you just don't know what your passion is until you actually take the time to figure that out. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I think um, whatever path is going to be the one that's going to work for you and makes you happy, that's the one you should be on, not what someone else says you should be on. Right. And Have you guys seen the, the... And that most oh, likely will change. And it, 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 could, along, it could very right? well change. Yeah, right. Very much, yeah. Have you guys seen the movie Soul, Disney's Soul? This this conversation is kind of reminding me of that oh, movie yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, soul. I soul actually soul. made me cry like, because of heard, what it is. Oh, yes, man. yes. The what soul is it, it made home. It's, yeah. it's a it Disney hurt. movie for adults yeah. in a lot of ways. I yeah, didn't I think, think it was really, very good. Really speaks to middle aged yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was blah. Yeah. yeah, I saw. I was watching my kids for it, and they're like, eh, and I'm like sitting here weeping. It I'm like, home. oh my god, yeah. this movie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, oh, do you have any? I have to agree with you, Stefan. You're not you're not a soul fan, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was subpar it, it and didn't, average. Hard wow. disagree. Yeah, hard it didn't it didn't really affect me. <laughs> yeah. Luca, yeah. Luca, yep. Agree to Luca disagree. Me much more. Do we have any favorite lyrics? Yeah. Um I do want to bring out this. I wanted to bring out something that that I think is important with this song the is the return of Ed's fast singing or, or cramming words into <laughs> like too many syllables into a space, but it's still yeah, it's not works. as, it's not as, yeah, it's not as like, um, like the word, like what Give pronounced as something like postcard, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or one week. Like it's not yeah. like, it's not at one week level, but like the the uh, the Which Deutschmark works, line, I really like that. Fitting too many syllables was, in there, but it's a nice little embellishment. I, I I love the way he articulates. Mm. This is one of my favorite happy uh, happy Ed songs. <laughs> yes. Like I call it my happy Ed songs because it just makes me feel like a Muppet. Um, which I do often. I'm just always like when I'm in my car. Um, but I can go to Europe, travel with my friends. Oh, you're just right. Kind He's got of that kind of move, moving right along. I can blow a thousand <laughs> Deutschmarks and to get yeah, jumping in a boat right with along. Australians. Yeah. I love the way he brings that out. Oh, Australians. So, okay. I want, that's my favorite lyric. <laughs> is, uh, I could go to Europe, travel with my friends. I could blow a thousand Deutschmarks to get drunk in a pub with some Australians. Um, Australians. So the stereotype is you'll always find. But he oh, yeah. runs through all those words. So much for like to get to that one that he pulls out Australians and accentuates it. He runs all the words. Yeah, the stereotype is wherever you wherever you go, you'll always find Australian travelers. Australians seem to love traveling, a quality which I share. This made me laugh because when my fiance and I traveled to Japan, we visited this obscure izakaya, which I put a lot of research in to find and make a reservation for. Very small place, there were like four tables. Uh, kind of a well-kept secret. And we made friends with the table of very gregarious Australians next to us. I had this great picture <laughs> of me with them. Japan is like a lot of these pubs well, they- offer what they call nomi hodai, which is all you can drink. <laughs> so many beverages were imbibed. It was a great night. Well, and the Australians oh, yeah. always seem to be very the gregarious friendly, like yeah, okay. ones that you want to hang out with in the pub. Yeah, Norwegians wouldn't work to get drunk out with Norwegians. 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 I guess that would work. Um, But Germans would not work. Everything sounds angry when you say it in German. German. Butterfly in German is Schmetterling. Again, Australia is a part of the Commonwealth, too. So, yeah. Yeah, we're coming back to the Commonwealth. Commonwealth, Canada, Australia. Traveling between England and Australia and it's all a part of the Commonwealth. There's three countries, England, Australia, and Canada, that are really connected in 
in that way. So it makes sense for them to be able to freely travel amongst those countries. Jeff, did you have a, a favorite line? I kind of jumped on Aaron's question. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the whole thing. It's pretty good. No, I really, I, I, I really don't because I have probably have a different opinion. Oh, is song. Jeff drinking the hater not tonight? Gonna be oh, where everybody oh, else. Oh no! Oh yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> oh, is there with Jeff? trouble with Jeff? So are we getting into the rankings? Oh no, Mr. The Jeff. The trouble with Jeff, to say this politely, is I think Stunt has twelve amazing songs. Mm, it is. It has some tough company to compete with. And mm. this one isn't Ooh. one of them. <laughs> um, this is weird because so I do feel if like we're gonna if we're gonna put it out there, where obviously where maybe there's a little bit of a difference, and obviously this song I think aligns more with a lot with my philosophy, which is telling people that you know it's okay not to play it safe because that is my philosophy. I don't believe people, especially mm, a lot of people in yeah. the artistic fields or the athletic fields. You know, they might not go to college. They might not go to... I, I have friends who do, were told you have to go to Juilliard. And, and I, like, I take this really personally, and this is how I taught teach my kids. I have friends who were told, you ha- if you want to be in theater, you have to go to Juilliard. You have to do this. They went up to New York City. They got jobs on the streets. They're on Broadway. Um, so I know that there are paths that you can take. And I do think the Bare Naked Ladies, in some sense, are saying that. Like, like don't, mm-hmm. don't be... I wish I had been told... I'm 45 years old. I wish I had been told for like decades. I've wished I was never told to play it safe, because um, I regret it every day. Um, I really do. Like, like the, the path so that I took as far song? as education and everything, looking back, was not the path I wanted to be on. Um, that said, and which I think this song really hits. That said, musically, this say, song I... does not do anything for me. <laughs> Um, really? No. It, so you think they played it safe? I with think the they song. played it safe with the song. I think really the song of... is playing it safe. I yeah, think yeah. Uh, um, when I hear the song, I'm like, oh man, you know, yeah, it's catchy. It's got those lyrics, but there's something melodically about this song that doesn't hit me as hard as a lot of other tracks. I mean, this is not when you dream. You just came after, you know, call and answer, which has some of my my favorite melodies I've ever done. You have in the car, which is just, I think, a beautiful, poignant song. And then you have this, and it doesn't hit for me as hard. Um, um, even the bridge, which I think is the one point where they try and go really kind of sarcastic and bitter, there's just something in the way about the way the bridge is performed that doesn't hit for me. So, no, I don't have a favorite line of this song. Your favorite line is when it ends. <laughs> it's, no, I don't want to say that. I mean, it's an okay song. I mean, there's... It's for a BNL song. It's an okay song. I mean, it's it. Like I said, it's got. A, I I can bounce to it and everything. Um, I don't like the build to it. Uh, to where the chorus just goes back to, you know, think never is enough. Yeah, never is enough. You never have to do that stuff. Think never is enough. <laughs> like it's just to me, it just doesn't go where I want it to go. Oh, see, it always makes me smile. So, yeah, it sounds like it. Maybe Jeff's a go so first. Should we get into ranking? We rank this thing. I have one more thing I want to add musically about this song. It's sort of a trouble with Tracy, but late, it's Tracy. also something I really like about the song <laughs> as right. I've gotten older, is that when you listen to the bridge, at the very end, Kevin is playing these ascending notes on the keyboard with this grating sound. With it, when it comes to the honor, when when you are honored at Wendy's as employee of the month, and he's yeah. ascending with it. You get your PhD, how happy you will be when you get a job at Wendy's and are honored with employee of the month. And you know, I've heard this song a thousand times and you know, really overanalyzed it while I was doing this. Otherwise, I would never have noticed it. But I think what it does is it brings in this feeling of anxiety. And that's the point in the song where I think, like, for me, that was my anxiety as well, was that I would never achieve what I was going for. That I would, like, I would finish this degree and then not know where to go with it or what to do with it and then end up, like, working at Wendy's mm-hmm. or something like that. And so, it, like, as much as I, d- I listen to it now and because I'm happy with where I am, it doesn't match with me. 
I think the reason I liked it back then and I didn't even notice it back then is that it was bringing me anxiety at this moment in the song that I was most anxious about. And it fit for me back then. It just doesn't fit for me now. Mm-hmm. Poignant. That, that, and I, Very that poignant. I want to point out, like, claps to either Ed or, or uh, Steve for putting the word bivalve into a song. I mean, that's good. I'll, I'll give salmonella. It. I can I always find not. something good in a song. That's, that's, that's that's a in salmonella. Yeah. Yeah. In our salmonella. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons did it. <laughs> Spe- speaking of hard words, so Jeff, what's our ranking song? For, I don't know why this, this I don't know why this stuck in my head and it's completely unrelated, but uh, Stefan almost hmm. did a possum or there was a possum in a row. So I think this should be on zero to five possums. Possum kingdoms. Possums are Irish possums. Oh, possums. There are, yes, yes. I'm going to go with Australians. So, yes, this will be on a scale of zero to five opossums. We're going to step far high. Uh, Stefan. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm not going to run this song over. Um, I, it's kind of it's kind of catchy. Um, it's, I, it's one of those BNL songs where it's like you stop playing yeah, it and it just keeps on going through your brain and you just can't like shut it off. It's like, oh my God, it's like you hear it everywhere. It's like in your head. Um, so it's very catchy in that sense. Um, and it's very simple. I, I like the lyrics. It's very poignant um, on a lot of things. I thought it was very relatable. I've seen a lot of people from my high school go to college and they come right back and start lobster fishing again. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. I see it. You know, um, me, I haven't, I say, I sometimes feel like I've never amounted to much though. I didn't work at Wendy's. I feel like I went to school and you know, that's a good, uh, multi, many, many thousands of dollars that I could still have in the bank to do something with. But, um, uh, Overall, I think it was a, a smooth song, a good song. Was it like, wow, this is amazing? No. But was it like, eh, no, it wasn't that either. So I'm saying it's between average, which is 2.5, and the top of the ranking, which is 5.0. So uh, what's the middle of that? Like 3.25, something like that? That's all right, yeah. Yeah, 3.0. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this one I'll go possums. with. I think I'll, a little bit higher. I'll possums. go with like a 3.5. What was that, <laughs> Stefan? <laughs> okay, three and a quarter possums. Awesome three and a quarter possums. possums. You guys are awesome. Awesome possums. You, so you, hit, you <laughs> ran over three of possums, and then you ran over the tail of the other one. It should be on a scale zero to five possums. We don't want to hit that awesome possum. We don't want to hit any possum, honestly. Awesome possums. That's true. No, we don't want to hit him. We don't want to hit a like possum. possum. <laughs> I like opossum. Oh, yeah, possum. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, I must have hit uh, the other three quarters of that possum <laughs> that Stefan did. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's really good. I kind of want to. I kind of want to put it up to the fours, but I, I just can't quite. Um, I I think. I mean, I think it would have been a three point five, three point six. Um just of its own accord, but the lyrical content and the message, I think, push it up a little bit more for me, so um, it's, you know, this might be one that I revisit. It's, it's definitely going to stuck in my head. I'll probably come back and listen to it. Uh, so maybe uh, maybe for New Year's I might end up pumping it up to, to make the best of playlist, but right now I'm going to award Never Is Enough uh, 3.75 opossums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> opossum, my possum. All right, I'll Opossums. go. Um, <laughs> opossum, my possum. <laughs> opossum, my possum. Wait, um, uh, just make sure you get the um possa, part of that. Uh, what, opossum, yeah. um, uh, you know what, though, say. Aaron, it's true. Yeah, I might revisit this one later too. I mean, maybe this is a mindset thing too. Maybe it's just where you are in your headset. Maybe I'm in a headset today where um, there's a lot hitting, and maybe because yeah. lyrically, I do like the song. I love the message of the song. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, 
I, I think it's funny and catchy, and I think it's sending a message I can relate to. Um, for me, the song for, that never has hit from the days of I bought Stunt till now is musically something about this song does not work for me uh, uh, the way I would hope it would. I don't know if it's something about the melodical structure of it, the uh, arrangement of it, um, the chorus, I feel, goes really simplistic given what has just i know i always say don't it's rate hard, it based though, on the album i know i always say that it's hard though and i and i always know where it falls in the album and where i am at that like the mindset i'm at at this point of the album and i'm like and then this song comes on and i'm like mm. um so i you know, <laughs> like you've just done call and answer and in the car and you're like Ugh. and uh so which are which are two of my favorite bnl songs um <laughs> so that that might be playing a role too here. So yeah. I gotta go. I mean, it's a good song. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm it absolutely is a good song. Would I put it on my playlist? I don't. I don't. Would not probably do that. Um. So I'm gonna give. Jeff, it I have some homework 7. for you between now and New Year's. I want you to listen mm, to Silver Ball so What's that? and then listen to Never Is Enough. <laughs> okay. All right. You, so like, is it <laughs> is that like eating yeah. the ginger Palette when you're eating sushi? <laughs> the palate cleanser. If I listen to. Listen to Silver Ball, I'll return. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that might work. <laughs> uh, Heidi. Um, so this is, again, my happy Ed Muppet song. Um, and I just, I, I love the flow of this. I love the chorus. I think it's fun, even though it, it goes against my <laughs> my trajectory in life. Um, and that, you know, the PhD line always makes me laugh now. <laughs> Um, but I think it's, it's, it would be on my playlist. Cause I like the upbeat, happy stuff as much as I like, well, I like it all. So I can't really, can't really say that. I'm going to give it, a, mm. I'm going to give it a 4.2. Ooh, nice. mm, it's up there for me. Tracy. Fantastic. By the way, oh, if this is cool. your first BNL <laughs> episode, I'm usually a very high ranker. I just want everyone to know that I'm usually a oh, really yeah. high ranker. <laughs> It, it's um, rare that I drink the Haterade, so I just. It's rare when Jeff's drinking the Haterade. <laughs> Even then, that's it's true, still right? Not that bad. You're it's saying it's still, still good. Above average, yeah, yeah. So, still above average. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I think that Kevin's keys and Jim's bass, Tyler's drums, really make this song rock enough for me. Like, I really get the feeling that Ed's kind of doing a, a country esque type thing here with his acoustic, but. I love all the other rock aspects of this. Um, to me, this is just a chilling song, and like I can really get kind of get into it. And then we get to the chorus, and I could just picture me and my friends unironically just yelling out this song and enjoying it while we're going for our master's degree and, and playing pool, you know. Um, and I just this song is the next one on the album and this one in alcohol is really what I think of when I think of grad school. Um, and to that point, I really feel like the song is almost like an anthem to that, to that part of my life. Um, so I would, I'm going to give it a 4.4. I think I just figured out my problem. Whoa. I think I just, you think wow. you just saw my problem. Cause you said this would be the chorus that you would sing while singing that, but see, I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. So I feel like schools out is the song that, <laughs> says the same message for me and that's the song that i would crank and i think i another, another yeah, the wall, i think that too. i think i want i think the song is going to be like a dissing school song in a way i want it to rock i want it to rock hard i want to i want a demon horns rolling down the road maybe that's what it is i don't know um and so you, you know this is not a sponsor Who's, for us uh, this week. <laughs> Your college. Who's not a sponsor this week. Oh boy. <laughs> Your college, where Stephen Page and um, Ed Robertson I, went I to. I think that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Juilliard um, is definitely not a sponsor. I, I, I think that New Kids on the Block are definitely not going to sponsor us. Why not? Week. I think that's fair to say. I think, I think I think they're not going to give us any money, and I don't think they will next week either when we discuss their song. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. They just don't have the right stuff. Uh, 
or the white stuff. <laughs> also, Andy Cregan would is not going to sponsor us, but you know what? He he just released his new album, and I recommend everyone go out there. Even though he's not giving us any money for this, I recommend that everyone go out and buy Andy Work for. <laughs> I think it is totally worth it. I bought it. I yeah I I just did the other day. It is amazing. It is a soundscape and a beautiful listen. It's very very interesting. There's some very interesting stuff in there. And it's completely different than any work three. Or hostile part two. Like <laughs> very different. Uh, so yeah, uh, come come back next week and listen to us talk about new kid on the All block. Right. All righty. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.